welcome to this bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we're uh, deviating from our normal tracks surprise, this, surprise. this week. Surprise, surprise. We thought we were on topic. We gotcha. No, 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 no. No more being on topic for, in fact, we're going higher, further, and faster. We want to stretch out Batman <laughs> Beyond as much as possible. <laughs> By just not ever talking about it Never again. talking about it again. No, we're going to fill every other week with some random nonsense. This week, of course, it's the 21st entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 20, Captain Christ, Marvel. 21. The first to feature a female lead That's as true. well. So we, uh, we've had a weekend here to sit and contemplate the movie. We that are recording it at the last possible minute per usual <laughs> Monday night per brand get, of this, of this <laughs> to get our podcast. Tuesday record out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a full-on spoiler-filled discussion. It is just the two of us this time. We could not get our, our cohorts from the former Nerdist group together because uniting that group is basically as challenging as it is to unite the Avengers. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Cameron, what'd you think? What do I think? This was, as, as most of my friends have put it, this is the most okay Marvel film I've ever seen. Yes. It's, it's as as middle of the pack as you could make it. I'm going to be honest. It's lower for you. It is lower for me. Yes. I did not go back through in my head and try and place it somewhere. Um, I think going, I think following Endgame, I think you and I might have to do a full, a full like breakdown. All 22? Yeah, of where we place everything. And that might require some rewatches too, because there's a few I haven't seen in a while. Off the top of my head, I put this actually fairly low in the pack. Now, I will say this, though. Even mediocre or lesser fare coming out of Marvel is still better than what most studios are putting out when they're at their peak. Oh, absolutely. Um, for example, Cameron, what would you put higher, Captain Marvel or Aquaman? Oh, man. So here's the thing. Let's just get right to the nitty gritty of this. Let's just go full guns here's blazing. Here's the thing. Um, oh, I don't know what I'd put higher, to be honest. Probably Captain Marvel. I, I think I maybe had more fun with Aquaman, but yeah. I think Captain Marvel's a better movie. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say a minute ago? I, I'm already I'm already sp spacing on the entire <laughs> well, thing we just watched. I, I don't... It's And let's clarify, too. It's not bad. It's still good. I think it's still quite good. Mm -hmm. I, I actually wish I was more excited about it than um, kind of the other reactions I've been hearing from people who are reading online. Agreed. Um, you know, the way I've been summing up when people ask me, I say that it is a movie with two incredible leads and the performances from both Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson are like top notch. Fantastic. The rest of the movie around them kind of mediocre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, uh, there was, a <clears throat> there was a problem I had. Oh God. What, what movie? Was? There was another female lead movie that really wonder woman. No oceans eight. No. Ghostbusters. No. Answer the call. It's not going to come to me. It might have been, a, it might have been like a TV series, but it was, it was a trope that I'd seen over and over again. It might have been Wonder Woman. No, it wasn't. One. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was, it was a trope of like a, a, a woman lead who, who like said verbatim, they weren't stronger than the opponent. Uh, no, sorry. Opposite. They said they were stronger than the opponent, lost that. And then one through, not really pity, but one through the, I don't know where I'm going with this, to be honest. What? It, uh, You've lost me entirely. I, I have 
clearly I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> we can cut all of this out, please. No, I refuse. No, please do. <laughs> no. I want them to get a genuine sense of who you are as a person, Cameron. No, that's fine. Bubblefuckery and all. I, yeah. It's been a, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to use the excuse of that I'm tired. But It's okay. You're allowed to be tired. I am allowed to be tired. See, this is the difference going into this podcast. I had a three-day weekend where I basically did nothing. So I'm feeling like super rested and refreshed. And I was like both productive and lazy. Like you notice my apartment is further furnished than it I was notice, since the last yeah. time you're here. Al Gore is finally up on the wall. Good. I'm not going to explain that in context on the podcast. And like I, even this morning I skipped the gym and I had like a super productive, amazing day at work. Like start off with an amazing brain, like brainstorming session. I'm like on top form right now. And you are dragging your fucking wagon. I, <laughs> I am doing my best right now. <laughs> Uh, I'm enjoying it. For once, I'll be the high energy person. There you the go. Podcast. Here's what I was trying to say earlier that I, that I spaced out on. I feel like Captain Marvel also has the problem of it coming after uh, Spider Man. Oh, the last. Interesting, you picked Spider Man. I thought you were going to say after Infinity War. Well, I mean, both. It, it's the same problem that I had with uh, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Of that, the all of the movies preceding it were so good. Yeah, that it just kind of. I want that. That quality. It was the same yeah. thing that I had with um, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Mamma Mia. Where the la- the the movie, the musical film that I'd seen before that was Baby Driver. Yeah. Where it's you know a two hour music video. It's synced up so perfectly to the sound, to the the physical aspect is synced up so perfectly to the audio aspect. Um, and then Mamma Mia didn't <clears throat> kind of hit that hit those beats as well. Well. It- there's also very different mentalities that go into making Baby Driver and Mamma Mia. Absolutely. Here we go again. I'm still convinced that the only reason they made that movie was some studio executive realized that that was the title. Yes. And immediately greenlit it because it's the greatest sequel title ever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're approaching it from a precision perspective. Ag- agreed. I, I, I don't think they had someone uh, like with a stopwatch timing the sequences so they knew they could time it exactly to the music in the way that Edgar Wright was. No, I, I totally agree with that. But when you have these major films come out, it raises the bar for everything around it. It, But that's the thing, it does. Yeah. And I think, maybe that's part of my problem too, is I, I think my expectations are now so high for these movies because, as you said, Marvel had a really fantastic streak there. I mean... So what, going for, uh, what from we, basically well, Spider-Man through so Infinity been, War? Yeah, so what, Spider-Man, Thor, Black Ragnarok. Pan- yeah. Yeah, Black Panther, uh, Infinity War. Yeah, mm-hmm. those four films are all fantastic. What I'm trying to remember, what preceded? Before Spider-Man was Guardians 2. Okay, yeah, that didn't quite gel for mm-hmm. me. In the and then before way. that was Strange. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but okay, but those four are like exceptional. And I think maybe Ant-Man, I went in with low expectations and maybe because the role ant-man has always filled is sort of these palate cleanser films <coughs> excuse me um you know you like you come off of uh was age of ultron mm-hmm. and then it was ant-man and it was kind of like okay this is the the little kind of tangent side film we're doing that's mostly just about the fun and frivolity and i guess well, also I w- age of ultron is so serious like, mm. I think that was the most serious of any of the Marvel films. I, oh, it's, it's not more serious than Winter Soldier. I guess that's true. Winter Soldier's also, just good. 
I went back recently to do a rewatch of Age of Ultron specifically. I made it about five minutes in, and I decided the dialogue was too Joss Whedon-y for me. I had to turn it off. <laughs> like, because I, I think now especially they've really nailed down that balance of, like, the humor and the drama and everything. And you go back to that, and it's just, it's, the dialogue just too heightened. It was, like, too goofy. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um... Oh, so so speaking of humor, let's let's jump into that that topic okay. of, of Captain Marvel. What humor? <laughs> yeah, this a lot of these jokes fell flat for me, and yeah. I feel like it's because they they had such a reliance on just just nostalgia humor. Yeah, where they wouldn't even make a joke out of it; they would just show you something '90s related, and then wait, and then it yeah. was almost like it was almost like a a, a sitcom of a, a live sitcom. Yeah, it's like you could almost feel the pause where they're waiting for the laugh track. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and I agree with that. I think you're right. The jokes don't really land. Um, that being said, the movie has a, a, a sparkle to it. And I think that's Brie Larson. Yeah. I, I think especially her chemistry with Samuel Jackson is incredible. Her, I think her, I mean, agree with that, but I think yeah. her chemistry with everyone on the set. Actually, yeah, that's true. It's so good. Um, Cause she, she has this, cause Mendo's great. Yes. Oh, obviously. Mendo. Uh, she has this, this, uh, uh, this kind of smirk or this this snarkiness about her. She's cocky. Yeah. And I think that works really well here. But she never starts off cocky. She always starts off on the same level conversation-wise and then just kind of puts herself above them by the end of the by the end of the sentence. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. Yeah, because And then yeah, especially Sam Jack. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, yeah, with the, the jokes. I'm even trying to remember where the jokes really were. I the, mean the one that bothered me the most was the dial-up joke. Oh, where they, they yeah. Plugged in, they when plugged she's in the some... internet cafe and she's having like network connectivity issues. Uh, no, no, not that one. When they plug in the black box in the computer and it's oh. like 30 seconds of just silent screen time waiting for, you know, waiting for the, the file to download. Oh, that I kind of liked actually. I was just kind of exhausted by that point because that was the third... Yeah. type of joke like that yeah because i guess there was the collect call earlier on in the movie mm-hmm. yeah there was the um, the internet cafe the internet cafe and that one yeah it, it i guess it didn't feel like they really embraced their setting it seemed like a very superficial use of that timeline yes and especially since we've had so many good period pieces recently yeah this uh, with with the scenery and the soundtrack the soundtrack was was big for me where, yeah the soundtrack was pretty flat yeah like when we have Guardians of the Galaxy come out and has you know the the best soundtrack of a Marvel film, yeah. When we had mid '90s last year, which was an amazing, oh. you know, was kind of the the grungier side yeah. of, of that. I didn't see it. Um, and there was another '90s based film very recently. It's not coming to me, but I just remember the soundtrack was like it encapsulated the time period so perfectly. Yeah, I would agree with that. That here. It seemed like the music cues were a little lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't. It, you you kind of look at this and you try to figure out where, not to say where they went wrong necessarily, because I, I think that they knew what they wanted to make, and I, I feel like they more or less succeeded at it. Yeah, it's not what they could. It's not what they did wrong. It's just what they could have done better. I, I, I don't. It feels like maybe this one lacked a really strong creative vision in the same way that the other ones had. And, and maybe that is because the 
other directors we've been dealing with were either like the Russo brothers who do have a distinctive style and also were well-practiced by the time they got to Infinity War or someone like Taika Waititi, who obviously does incredible work. Mm-hmm. Um, he, or, just got a, he just got a new thing he's starting to work on. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's like fans are, fans are really excited about it. What was it? Something involving time. Time Bandits. Yeah, that's the it's one. A, uh, it's, it's a remake of Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I have never seen the movie from um, the the two directors on this. It's is it Ryan Fleck and Anna Boyd? Uh, sure. Let's Ryan Fleck and, and Anna Bowden. Excuse me, Anna Bowden. Um, they did. Is it called Mississippi Grind? They did a movie a couple years ago with Ryan Reynolds and good old Mendo Ben Mendelsohn. Oh. Which I heard was really good, but I didn't see it. Um, but you just kind of get the feeling on this that the the energy wasn't right. Oh, they there. did. It's kind of a funny story. I always wanted to see that movie. Which one's that one again? Uh, Emma, no, not Stone, not Watson. The third one is Roberts. <laughs> Emma, oh right. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Zach Galifianakis, I believe. Oh yeah, Where they're, they're in like they're, a, uh, a mental ward, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that did look like it. Would yeah, because uh, <laughs> that came out. Uh, like the weekend my high school girlfriend and I broke up and it's a, it's a romance film. I just remember like starting the movie and just sobbing and turning it off immediately. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh Cameron. That's all right. I can Cameron. get back to it now. Oh, lonely with a broken heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just felt like it needed, it needed a punch up. Mm-hmm. I think is what it did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the big story elements for me, which I wish they would have tapped into more because it's such when you have an opportunity like this where your main character doesn't know their background Mm -hmm. play up that mystery like i want as as an audience member i know this is asking a lot for a a movie for the most common audience the biggest uh, common audience but i want to be guessing who is right until the last minute Hmm. even even past that like having the idea having a memento moment where like even after the film i'm like who was right? Who, who is, who like, did she pick the right side? I know you can't really do that with, with a hero film. Yeah. I, I think cause they, they definitely were trying to, they seem to have the intent to play in a, a space of moral ambiguity. But I think part of the problem with the movie was all the mysteries that they were setting up had obvious answers. Mm-hmm. Like either you, I mean, I have not read a lot of Captain Marvel. I've read Miss Marvel, which is incredible. And I so, so hope that they introduce her at some point now that Captain Marvel's there because you kind of need one to perceive the other. But through that, I've read a bit of Captain Marvel. But not knowing anything about her, but knowing about the MCU, I went into this going, oh, clearly she's working for the villains because we already know the Kree. They're assholes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I guess specifically it was Ronan the Accuser that was a problem. Who also didn't need to be here. He didn't need to be there. This movie felt so dense. You you get the sense that maybe a lot of stuff got left on the cutting room floor, or maybe the, the final version we saw was drastically different from where it started. Because when they announced this, it was kind of a big deal that um, Lee Pace was coming back as Ronin, that... Uh, um, Coulson was coming Coulson back. Coulson was coming back. Yeah, Clark he, Gregg. he also felt really cut barely in it um and then even jaman hansu who i forget uh, korath or i can't remember the yeah, name yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. yeah you, but you, like you he's it. back to it's like one the supporting cast of her team 
at least one of those people is someone who we already know to be a villain. Um, we have the Kree. And the are, other ones aren't named. <laughs> yeah, the other ones aren't even named. There are so named. many characters in this movie. And you just, you kind of know going in like, oh, well, clearly they're up to something because we know them to be villains. And then also the idea of like, oh, where did she come from? Earth. Where did she go? She... <laughs> Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Joe. Did that come out in 1995? Hold on. I, I, Why wasn't that That should have been in there. In this goddamn movie. Could you movie? imagine if they did a fight sequence with Cotton Eye Joe? That would have been I the greatest been. piece of film. I, I think it didn't help that as we saw this, I was right in the middle of the Umbrella Academy, which I just finished. Yeah. Over, I just finished over the weekend and has a number of incredible moments of uh, music done to great fight sequences. Um yeah, and it, it, you know, I I knew going in, like, well, she... It's because part of it, too, is a lot of this in the trailers, even. That she clearly had a, a past on Earth, that she was some sort of pilot, she was in some sort of accident, gained powers, lost all of her memory, went to go work for the Kree, and eventually is going to get all that back. And so I wasn't interested in the mysteries the movie was setting up, because I already knew what the answers were. Chris. What? Chris. It was it? Cotton Eye Joe came out in 1995. God damn Where it! Where was it? <laughs> Where was it in there? At least it came out in America in 1995. I mean, <laughs> still should have been in there. Well, I'll, I'll recut this film a little bit. Please do. Please do. Give us a new edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, every scene is just cut. Yeah. It's just cut. Every Joan fight scene for two hours kind of, yeah. and four minutes. Yeah. But no, I agree because they had uh, one of the best, you know, girl rock songs of the 90s. Uh, no doubts. I'm just a girl. It's yeah. Out, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that was pretty good. Yeah. But I think, but we, I wanted that intensity for every song. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just a little flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I mean by earlier. We're like, when, when, when the bar is raised, everyone has to follow it. Yeah. You can't. And, and also, I mean, to be fair, this film was recorded or filmed a year and a half ago, probably. Well, yeah, but I, again, I think the problem is we go in with these really high expectations Yeah, that Marvel has delivered even that specific thing of really good music paired with um, visuals and not necessarily always just in guardians films. Like they find other places to do it too. So yeah, you, you just kind of feel like there could have been a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, for you did either of the two central mysteries, her, her backstory Excuse me, or um, the the, the truth of the good. Kree scroll war. Did either of those really engage you? Were you not at left all wondering? No, because uh, I mean, I, I talked to you about this, you and Shane, af- about this after the film, after we walked out. Was um, let's clarify when the film finished and we left. Yes, we did not walk out early. Because <laughs> also, we're, unlike we're, some people, some people left the film when the credits started. Are you new? How dare you? <laughs> there are <laughs> twenty one of these now. I do. And I find it so interesting that people who go and see it on a Thursday night showing, as we did, like the earliest showing possible, basically, you think, yeah. okay, Uber fans. One, yeah. some of them are not Uber fans. And two, who leaves? I mean, no. I get I get the people that like have to use the restroom. And then they're the ones that are running out. Yeah. And they might could get, they, they can probably get back for the second one. But even then, you But all, the ones that are casually walking no. out. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't ca- And you never casually walk out. If you're going to leave, you wait until after the first post credit sting at the end of like the animated credit sequence. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to the nitty gritty boring stuff, then you go. Well, if, if the first back. one is comedic, then you know the second one is plot. But at this point, they pretty much always do plot than comedy. That's true. Like, I'm trying to think of the last time they 
didn't do it. I think that if it's way. comedy first, then it's comedy second as well. But when when was the last time they did double comedy? Two com- um, Spider Man, I think. Spider Man both comedy? I don't think it had. It didn't have a Thor thing. You know, I've actually. It, it didn't have a. Uh, only seen that movie once. I've seen the movie twice, but I don't think I, wa- I watched the post credit scene a second time. Yeah, I don't think that either. Oh, um, did have a no? It didn't have a civil well, war. Oh uh, wait, is it? It did have a like one a of Spider-Man them, will be back. In yeah, one of them Infinity wasn't war. it Vulture in prison? Yeah, it was Scorpion. That's right. Yeah, because oh, I forgot. I forgot wow. that entirely. Yeah, because the the final shot is Aunt May finding him the spider suit. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna look this up. Where they, yeah, where they they almost dropped the F. Yeah, that's great. That's a great moment. I know. Um, yeah, so that's the first. They have Vulture. Yeah, so Scorpion's next, but he's not the next villain we see. Nope. All right, you know, whatever, Marvel. I keep talking. I'm looking up the Spider-Man Homecoming things. Uh, no, I want the nice Foley. This is the <laughs> loudest keyboard ever. I know. <laughs> it's so fucking loud. Um, um, but do, yeah, do, for, do. Uh, for the mysteries thing, yeah, I... A vulture in prison? Oh, oh! the last thing was a message from Captain America. Like they did oh, another, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, most of them are, yeah, comedy Plot bits like first, that. Like, comedy I think, second, yeah. I think even um, in Ragnarok, wasn't the first one them going coming up against Thanos? Uh, it was, yeah, it was them seeing Thanos' ship. How many people are yelling at us right now as we can't remember these things? I'm sure. And we apologize. No, I, no, I've never apologized. This is 130 something episodes in. You know how unprepared we are at this point. The thing I love is that now at this point, Vox Media always does a Marvel film titled two end credit scenes, comma explained. Oh, good, um, good for you, Vox. Oh, sorry. I just got caught up on this, this fantastic photo of Chris Hemsworth without a shirt on. That's a great one. Um, oh, so speaking of Ragnarok, mm. um, she <laughs> had, she had the, the power Ragnarok. thing. What? On, she had the power thing on her neck. Oh yeah, she had like a, um, yeah. like it was like a power restrictor. Oh, uh, well, yep. First the scene, they encounter Thanos. Second thing, oh, Grandmaster, it's Grandmaster, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, the pretty much is always at this point now, plot first, comedy second. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, should we just even get into that right now? The post, yeah, the yeah. Post let's do it. So, we know who's cut out from the from the, all the trailers now. Yeah, because I was actually quite surprised by that. So yeah, the I mean. If you are listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, what the fuck are you doing? But spoilers. Well, also, you can gu- you can guess. You can guess what's but, going on. Yeah, I mean, this was I think the closest thing to a spoiler in the entire movie, almost, which is that uh, we jump to Earth, where the remaining Avengers are assembled, looking at Fury's pager and wondering why it stopped beeping, and then they do almost like a horror pan kind of reveal, and there's Captain Marvel going, where's Fury? Mm-hmm. So that tells us that she's going to show up really early, presumably. Um, I, w- I would guess they're going to recreate that scene in some capacity in... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's probably even... It's probably not quite with like the, the Civil War sting, where it was literally just a uh, scene... The end of Ant-Man, which is like a scene taken from Civil War. They're probably going to do a slightly different version of it. Do you think at this point they they know like what what scene they're going to use for the post-credit and film oh. that like alongside? Well, yeah. Traditionally, it's been the filmmaker for the movie they're setting up films the post-credit scene. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, I think at this point they knew that they they filmed that as part of the Infinity or the Endgame shoot. Excuse mm-hmm. me. But yeah, so she shows up. So yeah, exactly. We we can assume now at this point that all the shots of the Avengers walking across a lawn. Well, there's uh, that that weird space. There's that two weird characters. gap that's clearly Captain Marvel, which because the the prevailing I would say theory was that Captain Marvel maybe was going to rescue Tony and Nebula. Um, but I guess this kind of makes more sense that she would come straight back to Earth, mm-hmm. and there she is. I mean, she still has time to go and save them. We we did see how like she can keep up with warp speed. Yeah, so I guess she is she powered by the Tesseract. No, so that's another one of my my problems with this film. Is it's the same problem I had with Captain America one, is uh, a space stone shouldn't give the power of super strength and vaporization. Yeah, I think uh, you do feel like that maybe it was after they had already started filming or going to production on Captain America, the first Avenger, when they realized that that stone was going to be the space stone. Yeah. And not the power stone, which is very much how it behaves the rest of the movie. And, and all of its existence. But, I mean, it does make sense. What, okay, so hold on. Um, the Kree basically have light speed technology already, right? Where they're, they're doing that, like, uh, hexagon portal jump. Yeah, the same stuff that we saw in Guardians, Guardians 2. 2. Mm-hmm. So you don't need the space stone but I guess it's that. it's not... Well, yeah, it's hard to say. This is what gets a little bit confusing is because they reference Marvel's ship as being able to travel at light speed. One presumes they mean literally the speed of light in this case. Yes. Which means that other forms of intergalactic travel are less than that. But, I mean, they're still traveling pretty far distances. They're pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still... I mean, I think they're still traveling faster than that, though, because I feel like they're they're traversing their yeah. year distances in like a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw in Guardians 2 that when you're going further, you have to do multiple portal hops. Yeah. Maybe the idea here was not necessarily how far you could travel off the Tesseract, but you could go places that you couldn't travel via traditional means. Like, maybe that's what they were alluding to, was that the scrolls were going to go to another dimension and not just somewhere far away. Okay. So it's like a little inside unclear. The cat? It's, yes. Inside. Why didn't they all just get eaten? Can we just talk about the cat? Best part of the movie? I disagree. You didn't like You didn't like uh, Goose? I, I liked Goose. Um, I got excited when I learned its name. Goose? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Top Gun. Well, I think the, the cat in the comics is named Chewy. It is. And then, yeah, and the, obviously in this, they named it Goose. No, okay, I liked the cat. I liked that Fury runs around the spaceship wielding the cat like a weapon, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I guess, again, it's another one of those things where you kind of knew going in that there was something special about the cat, and I thought the reveal itself wasn't that fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, it's got like this weird like tentacle mouth thing, and it's this monster. Um, I assumed that maybe it was going to end up being a scroll. I th- I think that's what they wanted you to believe. Yeah. Um, because kind of on that note, they, we, we were expecting secret invasion since they announced Captain Marvel. We, we've yeah. been expecting secret oh, invasion yeah. to be the next phase after infinity war, after Endgame. Uh, but now we know this, the, the scroll are not invaders, but refugees. Yeah. 
and this this leads back to my problem of making me question everything to the last minute. I I don't want to know that so quickly. <laughs> like make me like you have to like I want you to make me believe that this is true. Like I don't want an inch of doubt. Yeah. I yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. I I don't know much about the scrolls, but I mean usually I, in in most interpretations they are bad yeah. with like a few of them being good. Yeah, it definitely seems like they reverse neutral. they reverse that here or they've basically made all of them good and then with that the potential mm-hmm. that some of them are bad. Cuz usually it's it's the Cree where it's kind of half and half some are bad, some are good. Yeah. Yeah, it I mean I I liked that they put a twist on it, but it, you do feel like in doing so they have neutralized a potentially fantastic villainous threat. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, also on a sidestep about villainous threat, uh, Ronan looked so scrawny. Oh, that his face. He, yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just the way they shot it, uh, where he was always kind of in like a op- wide open room, so you couldn't ever get a, a scale for him. Yeah. But he looked like like I felt like this was like the teenage rebel version of him, where like after he, looks he meets Gaunt. Yeah, like after he meets Captain Marvel, he's like, "Fuck, I gotta like start bulking up a little bit because <laughs> this girl is making me feel really inferior." Yeah. He's like, what can I do? And they're like, sir, I've heard that deep, deep eye makeup really makes you feel <laughs> really, menacing. Really makes you pop. Yeah. Yeah, he... I don't know if they did any de-aging effect on him if it was just purely makeup. Yeah, they just forgot makeup. Yeah. Um, he looked fine, kind of weird. Coulson, the effect wasn't great. He, he Coulson looked glossy. I think that might be why they cut more of it. Like more of him. Could be, yeah. But also, it's the same thing of, like, if we saw more of it, would we be okay with it? Yeah, less bothered by it. But at the same time, my God, Samuel L. Jackson looks uncanny. Yeah. Compared to his, like, 90s self. Like, it, it's seamless. I honestly feel like they didn't need to do much. Like, no. you, you bring his hairline forward a few inches... And that's kind of all you have to do. Yeah, and, he, and you thin out his face a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, he—I mean, the thing is, he's what? He's seventy, getting up there. Yeah, yeah, looks great, unbelievable. Obviously, still the fact that he looks the same age, the same thirty years later. Yeah, is a testament to to Hollywood he, and him. He looks so good, and I think they probably spent a lot of time—not not to minimize how good he looks because he looks fantastic—but I think they spent a lot of time making sure that effect looked really, really solid too, knowing how much. He was going to be on screen. Well, I think I think part of it. I mean, yes, I, I agree. The aging effect felt um, looked amazing, but the fact that he wasn't the we talked about this before the the main alpha. He wasn't every yeah. time we see not just Fury but Sam Jackson since probably uh, Pulp Clone Fiction. Wars. Was there what was between Pulp Fiction and Star Wars? Many many things. Uh, name one. <laughs> name three. The negotiator. Okay, two more. Um, <laughs> Shaft. But I mean, that was after the Phantom Menace. Then once the Shaft was like two thousand two. Well, I mean, he didn't really have like a big role in, in Phantom Menace. Yeah, so Shaft. All right. Um, what's the one where he cleans up dead bodies? What? Yeah, I think that's him. What? Oh, I hope that's not a racist comment, and I 
confusing cleans for up black dead man. bodies yeah it's 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 not repo man unless it is repo man but it, i don't repo think man, it, like the, that weird musical nope it's not that one uh no it's it's one where he like uh like cleans up crime scenes and gets rid of dead bodies i i i i i, I, I don't know uh, I guess we can. We could, I'll, I'll let you figure that out. Okay. Yeah. Give me. Give what, me what, two what seconds. What I here. was so Is impressed. This called cleaner. Maybe. Might it be called cleaner. Was that in that time frame? No, that was way after. That's 2007. Okay. What I was so impressed with him in that movie, it wasn't just the Jackie Brown, out of sight. Oh yeah. There you go. The negotiator. The red violin. The long kiss. Good night. A time to kill. Hard Eight, Die Hard with a Motherfucking Vengeance. Yeah, that's that one. Um, my personal favorite of the Die Hard films, though they're not necessarily the best. Um, there you go. Threw out a whole bunch of them for you. Thank you. Snakes on a Plane. That was after. But was, well, I mean, <laughs> Triple X. Oh, how did triple I forget X Triple two. X? Yeah, so, you I know. I presume Triple X 3. <laughs> so, so since then, uh, he's always been. If he's on screen, he is the most powerful character. Yeah. Well, he he just has that sort of commanding presence. Like he yeah. he just exudes authority, um, in general. And I think in particular the way they positioned him in the MCU. I mean, he's Nick Fury. He's the guy who always knows what's going on, always at the top of his game. Um, you know, I like, forgot he was in Jumper. Oh man, and the oh, Spirit. Right. He's the main villain in the Spirit. I forgot oh, about the that. the Spirit. That trailer looked so promising, and that movie is a fucking mess. I wish it was better. I know, and I love, I love that whole cast. I love Gabrielle Mach. Great cast all the way through. It's, mm-hmm. it was just, it was too weird. It, it was trying too hard to be, uh, Sin City. I think the, they wanted yeah, like that style. Yeah, but it was also like didn't. weird. Like to be fair, the Spirit comics are pretty weird. It, it just Frank Miller. Just don't give him stuff anymore. <laughs> um. But, you know, like in the MCU, Nick Fury is always in charge. He always knows what's going on. You even look at his scenes in Winter Soldier. Even when he's getting attacked, he's still like cool as a fucking cucumber all the way through. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see him in this being young and then also still like he's figuring shit out. Now, he always still plays it cool. Like he never loses his calm for the most part. I think he kind of freaks out when the cat goes crazy. <laughs> But, yes, but he's uh, he's more excited about things. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's what was so fun is that not only did he look like Samuel Jackson in the '90s, but he had the energy of that era of that performance too. Like he was more fun and energetic and um, like enthusiastic and bubbly in a way that felt reminiscent of those old performances. Like you felt like Samuel Jackson was playing himself or like was in. in embodying the version of him 30 years ago and how he did performances then to do this. Yeah. I think that's part of what made that seem so seamless. It, it didn't feel like a contemporary version. Exactly. He, yeah. He just, he just wasn't angry. I think that that's the only shit. That's maybe that's part it's of like, it. Hey, too, Sam, yeah. instead of yelling, how about you just talk your lines? He's motherfucker. He, he's so good. He's, I mean, he's I so, so good in this movie. Um, and again, I think it helps that he has such great chemistry with, with Brie Larson, who uh, we should spend some time talking about the things we did like about it, though. We should. There are there are some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Brie Larson, uh, the cat. Look, blockbuster uh, performances. Actually, the blockbuster thing, like that was a good trailer moment in the movie itself. It felt too long. It didn't necessarily. That it felt too long. I loved that they had a True Lies poster in there because mm-hmm. I love True. As a stand-in, even I love True Lies. Um, but it's, I think. 
I think the trailers ruined some stuff for me in this sense. And what's like, like, so that, that blockbuster reveal again, great for a trailer in the movie. It doesn't really play any better because we already had that bit revealed. But for me, the moment that didn't land in the same way because I'd seen in the trailer was um, the montage of her standing up. So mm. when she's inside the Supreme Intelligence and they're trying to like reprogram her basically, and you know, she keeps flashing back to all the times she was knocked down as a kid, but she got back up again, never going to keep her down. They didn't play that song either. God <laughs> damn they? it. Like, Wait, look it up. What year did that, that come out? Give us that in the credits. Oh, that's like 92. Jumba Wumba. Jumba Wumba's um, early 90s. But yeah, like in that moment, it's a really uh, impactful that's moment. That's a goddamn like, uh, credit song right there. Yeah, that really is. And I, I think because that scene had been, that montage had been done more or less. Oh, damn it. 97. Oh, so you couldn't have had it. <sighs> Fine. That, that scene happened more or less exactly the same way in the trailer it didn't have the same punch for me. And, and normally Marvel's pretty good about either making sure the trailer moment still plays well in the movie or holding back the really big moments. But that was one I really wish they'd held back on. I, I think I would have, I basically knew what was coming. I'd seen that scene already as they're, they're showing all those flashbacks of her crashing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to happen organically in the moment instead. I, I still really enjoyed that scene. I, I kind of forgot that it was a trailer moment. Okay. Because that was also the point where I guess that was right before probably my favorite scene is when she kind of breaks the inhibitor thing. Oh yeah. Uh, and she finally reveals her full power. She goes full on supercharged power. Yeah. That was done really well. That, I mean, that was the highlight of the movie for me. Like that was so, where she's fighting her whole team. Yeah. Uh, and basically doing it with, I mean, she says like, I've been fighting with one hand tied behind my back. No, she's been fighting with a, like a finger. Yeah. Uh, and now she's, and I, I felt like when she was fighting them, for real, it was with a hand tied behind her back. She was kind of enjoying it. And maybe, I guess that was always going to be a necessity out of this movie, was that she wasn't going to be full on Captain Marvel until the end. And I think by once we got to that point, I was more invested. I, like, I liked her when she was fully powered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even just then, I guess it helps too that she's overcome her, her wants and her, her struggle because she has her memories back down. She's like, oh, I'm like fully powered and I know who I am. Like that was pretty fun. Like it was fun watching her fight her own team. I love when she uh, went up to go fight all the Kree invading ships. It's it's kind of quick though. It was like, yeah, like I said, everything with it, the movie felt so dense that I felt like everything with Ronan, you could literally take out and the movie wouldn't change a bit. Yeah. Like you, as, as Jude Law's character, he, Yon-Rog. Yon-Rog. He didn't have to call uh, fucking Ronan. He could have just called like the, the, the normal Kree military. I'm like, hey, there's there's Skrull here. Send a fleet. Yeah. I, and I think, again, you get the sense that maybe they, there was more originally with Ronan. But even... Like like- he was like their team, not team leader, but like the, the captain above... Jude Law. Yeah. Like maybe that would have made more sense. Like give some reason that they're so close to each other. Yeah. Or make that, I mean, they kind of did that, but not strong enough. Kind of the twist that, uh, Ronan was the one, uh, blowing up the planets beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, it, it felt so unnecessary. 
Yeah, you feel like they just needed some big thing for her to destroy to show the scope of her power. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess part of it too, I wasn't super invested in her relationship with Jude Law. Like I liked their interaction, but not so much so that I felt really betrayed. It, it's too it's two cocky people seeing who's cockier than the other one. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, they're both incredibly charming, attractive, cocky people. Yes. I could watch that all day. But again, I think I knew, you just knew going in what all the twists were going to be. And with Marvel, we kind of now come to expect there to be to some big reveal, mm-hmm. some big moment that we're not anticipating, especially given the secrecy around the films. You, you kind of feel like there has to be a reason for that. And here there really wasn't anything. There was no real surprises. Right. I mean, were there any surprises for you? Not, I mean, just that the scroll were, were not bad. Yeah, that the scroll were refugees. Um, Especially having been men. Uh, Mendo! Yeah, Mendo. Because equally, where, uh, where Sam Jackson always takes the, the most powerful position, yeah. Mendo is always the most bad. He, like he, he I don't remember. I don't remember a movie anymore where he's not the villain. He's always so evil. He's so good at it. Oh. And so now him being in like kind of a compassionate role, especially the moment when he's trying to convince um, Carol that she's like that that he is a good guy. Yeah. Like, because that, that was my problem with the, the whole twist thing. Is like you have been you've had false memories for six years that this is your mortal enemy. Yeah. And now he is standing in front of you saying, telling you that he is not. And she's just like, okay, sure. And I'm like, you wouldn't, as a soldier, you would never fall for that. Now, Especially when all of your training is about like, like hard facts. Like that was even the point of the phone call was, uh, not hard fact was, was like following your gut. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you would not have that gut instinct as a six-year soldier where all of your memories are Cree. Now, this is the point where, as two men, we try and speculate how she would think as a woman. Let me tell, let me tell you how women think, Chris. <laughs> but do you, do you think part of the reason that she was more quickly willing to accept them as innocents, as not villains, was that she's more compassionate than say like a male version of that hero would have been um there's there's an argument for that for sure but i'm gonna i'm gonna completely redact what i just said by saying it is a gut feeling <laughs> yeah I did, I did forget that phone call where where uh jude law was like yeah you can't think with your head you got to think with your gut yeah well and, and he he kept yeah he kept telling her all the way yeah exactly he kept telling her like think with your head now with your heart yeah all the way through um no, he said the opposite because you can't trust your eyes. No, he said stop thinking with this. And point at oh, her chest that's and start right. Okay, you're this, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and pointed at her. So head. yeah, so she yeah, so she just did the Earth because that was Cree, and Earth is or Earthlings are the opposite. Yeah, we're a fiery, passionate bunch. Yep, that never use our brains. Not just blow shit up because our heart told us to. Um, but okay, so along the lines of the the scrolls turning out to be refugees. Did you like that twist? I was surprised by it because yeah. I was so mentally set on Secret Invasion yeah. that I kind of refused to believe it until we saw the family. Yeah. Um, I was fully set. I'm like, oh, Ben Mendo's going to turn because it's Mendo. Yeah. Like, he's, he's feeding her these false... You know, he's feeding her these lies to 
to play to her human side. And then she's going to have to find a balance where she learns that everyone's bad except for Fury. Everyone's uh, Fury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I... For the same reason, I was a little bit surprised by that, just given who the scrolls normally are. I also found it to be one of the most overtly political moments so far in Marvel. In what sense? Well, I mean, it's... I mean, it's a commentary on kind of a modern political like moment. Oh right? yeah. Or where we it, have I mean, a powerful figure telling us that these people are bad and need to be removed. Yeah. I mean the, in essence, like the Cree refer to the scrolls essentially as terrorists. Um, and then over the course of the movie, we realize that the people who are perceived as terrorists are in fact like refugees who are, just trying to find a place to go and are, are essentially innocent and caught in the crossfires yeah. and who are, are actually trying to escape like oppression and persecution. Yeah. Yeah. So I think from what I remember from the backstory, it's um, the scroll home world was under Cree law mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't want to anymore. Yeah. They, they basically refused to be um, under the thumb of the Cree yes. and they fought back. And I, I think maybe they all had to flee the home world at this point. I, well, I was... they, they blew up the home world. That's right. They did. They yeah. Did that. They did that. Thing. Yeah. That's why they're all so scattered. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was, it was interesting. They went there. I mean, to be fair, Marvel has been unafraid of going more political of late, especially, I mean, Black Panther is very political. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a very kind of, um, blunt moment for me but i mean i, I guess i like that it was there i mean i i do believe that entertainment especially mainstream entertainment has the ability to um make statements like that and actually have it register with people in a way so yeah, i was, was sure. kind of glad it was there um and again I, I it's hard for me to really evaluate this film on a like a feminist perspective too being male what right shocking i know but, as a male, I don't agree with that. As a, as a male, shut the fuck up. But I thought that they, um, it, it didn't feel, how do I phrase this? Like, in the same way, it didn't feel overtly feminist either. I mean, there's definitely those elements there. There's a, a male character telling Carol, like, you need to think and not feel all the way through. And it's basically her learning to stand up for herself and to see value in who she is as a person. So it's all there. I mean, there's the same sort of political elements, but it, it felt maybe a bit more um, natural to the storyline, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. I don't know. Uh, so so speaking of, of storyline and memories and all of that topic, um, you you and, and Shane had a lot to say about uh, the friend. Ah, yes. Uh Wait, what's the what's the friend's name? I don't remember. I was looking up the actress's name because I thought she was also attending. Oh, uh, Lashana Lynch played. Uh, oh, uh, Maria Rambo. That's right. Um, Rambo. Exactly. Yeah, the, her her co-pilot. I mean, for me, funny enough, did you know Rambo One is not called Rambo One? It's called First Blood. Yeah. Because the second movie is called Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen First Blood? I have. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's so far away from what those movies eventually become. I know. I I've, uh, I had a film teacher in college that that showed us that. Yeah. And he said, if anyone writes this is that this movie is called Rambo, I will fail you. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, in the same way, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark was just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but they do that all the time. 
Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we can go into detail. Um, um, but yeah, like I, I am not the only person who came out of that movie going, wait, are they lesbians? And I, it's not so... Sorry, I just noticed that your duck feet are over the side of your couch. Oh, my duck feet slippers. Yeah. Okay. Okay, all right, they're the slippers. Okay, I thought they were... Because I have, I have a penguin costume that has like over-the-shoe duck feet. Oh, okay. And I thought those were those. And I'm like, what are you... No, doing, these, these are the duck feet slippers. I uh, I did have a pair that I wore out on Halloween as part of my Scrooge McFuck Halloween yes, costume. Yes, I, I knew See that. See my Instagram for this. Uh, I had to throw those out because they got skanky. I'm sure. Not from me, mind you, but from just being out in West Hollywood on yes. Halloween. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't. I didn't expect you made them bad. Yeah, I accepted. I expected the city made them bad. <laughs> the city made it skanky, not me. Yes. Uh, but I had to go and replace them because they're super comfy. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'll like uh, I'll take them home, like warm around the house on Christmas and uh, when I was just in Denver too, I was wearing them. It was okay. fun. It was fun. Okay, it was fun. all right, all right. They're great. Um, but no, I mean, the it's look. I always want to see queerness in everything I see now. Absolutely. As a natural consequence of being gay, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Cameron. What? Yes. What? Yes. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> uh, wait, did you just accidentally out yourself God again? God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> For those who don't know, Cameron's the straight one. I am surprisingly the straight one, as, as most people <laughs> refuse to believe. To the surprise of all we know. Yes. Uh, but I, I want to see queerness everywhere. But it's there, right? Like, even if it's just subtextually, it's not there blatantly but like did you pick up on that did you feel that there was this sort of implication that maybe they had some sort of relationship going on uh not not as strongly as you as as strongly as you and shane did okay because um there was kind of the one line thrown in there of like she was adopted by them at a young age yeah so i it, it felt sisterly and and look and i i am a huge advocate for like friendships in movies like i, I this is something i want to see more often is like men and women especially them just having friendships and not having to have a, a romance I, plot. I, did, I did i talk about this on the podcast before which one i what? tried to i tried to compile a list of movies where men and women stay friends from beginning to end moana that's true but that's more of like a father-daughter relationship i feel like because he is a thousand years old and she is 60 yeah but i mean but that's sure you got your i feel like if that yes. had been made a decade before that would have been a little interesting, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot. There really or also isn't. Where, or uh, where neither have feelings for each other at any point as well. Yeah, there's a lot of unrequited love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's not a lot. There's not a lot of movies where men and women are just allowed to be friends. And that there's there's one moment in Anniversary Apocalypse, which I still want everyone to see because it's a great film. Oh, I need to watch that, yeah. Uh, where the, the male lead has strong feelings for the female lead. Uh, and tells her, which is very rare in film. Yeah, normally they tells just her don't at the say beginning anything. of the yeah. movie, where she's just like, "Oh, thanks, I don't feel that way. Sorry." Yeah. And then he's like, "Okay, I get it." And then he thanks moves on. Well, and then he, uh, okay. Does he, he not? Kill, well, then he kills himself. <laughs> Jesus fucking. But protecting her, because the zombies are coming after her. Uh, oh, so okay. he does a noble act. Yeah, it's like I felt I I was like, okay, good, great. We see a positive, healthy uh, letdown where he's not like, well, I have to change her mind now. Yeah, people can be rejected and move on, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Apparently, not in film, though. No. no, You're so close, movie. Almost there. Yeah, I. But there's a great song afterwards, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That it's all worth it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like there was a bit of a, a hint of that a little bit in there. And I know that I got, hold on. Sorry. Speaking of friends, Sam Jackson and Brie Larson, they were friends well, from beginning but, to end. But yeah, but that's like not, I mean, I guess he's that, that fits the criteria that we just set for ourselves. But I, I think that there's enough of an age difference there. Even with de-age Sam Jackson. Okay. Because she's, I think, supposed to be what? Early to mid-20s in this? Sure. Let's say she was, because she was in the uh, pilot program seven years ago. Yeah. When she was six years ago? Seven years ago? Okay, so maybe she's pushing 30. Six years. Yeah, I I would say, yeah. So uh, I guess, I guess. Old enough where her friend has a child who is. Old enough to remember, like, the child yeah, like, is, is 10 to 12, 12, yeah. so I would say they're low 30s. Okay, yeah, okay, late 20s, early 30s, and Sam Jackson's probably like mid-30s in this. Yeah. Okay, so okay, fine, they're close that enough. That is definitely close enough. Fine. <laughs> All right, well, it's right there, um, but no, I definitely picked up on some some subtextual stuff there. I know that canonically in the can, or in the, ugh, canonically in the comics, mm-hmm. Carol Danvers is straight. Yes, I don't know who, because Marvell is also a man. This is true. Oh, and and they have a relationship because I mean pre. No, Do sorry, they? This, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Early, early, early um, Marvel comics. Marvel or uh, Carol is Miss um, Marvel. Even before that, oh. she's she is the girlfriend. This is like in the sixties. Oh. She is just the girlfriend. Okay. And then he gives her some of his powers, and she becomes Miss Marvel, the sidekick. Oh, okay. And then there's the whole cancer subplot where captain marvel yeah captain marvel dies because he gets human cancer oh god yeah and somehow has stayed dead since then like unlike most oh yeah i guess that's true he's, he's one of the few that stayed i think it's like him and power girl are kind of the two that have stayed dead since Wait, when since did power girl dead. die crisis infinite is she still dead i feel like she's back she's come the, back a few I times like she's back she, she, she had a pretty long stint of being dead okay well i mean Everyone's had a long stint of being dead. Bucky had a really long stint of being dead. That's true. Jason Todd had a really long stint of being dead. That's very true. Well, not like 20 years, though. Yeah. When was Under the Red Hood? Under, I mean, so Under the Red Hood was like 2005, 2006. Because, okay, I guess that would have been exactly they, 20 years. Yeah, because they dug, because at the end of Hush, the body's missing. That's and then right. that's when they've segued into that storyline about him coming back. Mm-hmm. And Bucky was also dead for a really long time. Cause I feel like he didn't, I don't really know the Bucky's background, but I feel like he didn't come back when they unthawed Cap. Steve. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was pretty recently that they actually did bring him back. I mean, I, I feel like, is it cause it Greg Rucka did the, I, I don't know Marvel, the winter soldier well. storyline, whatever. I, I think that was a really long time. Okay. Um, cause what was the joke? It's like everyone, no one stays dead except for, what uncle ben it was a bucky uncle oh, ben and Batman's parents maybe that's it they're always dead yeah but even then sometimes they're not i mean but those are usually like elseworld stories yeah um because because that was the that was the thing with uh marvell coming back was that was the crux of sorry for the spoilers crux of secret invasion was marvell comes back as a oh scroll. oh okay um Okay, yes, I guess he normally said that. Because I, I, I know Captain Marvel in her, her modern incarnation where she, I think even in the comics, has like her background is connected to the Kree. Mm-hmm. And then I know of her as Miss Marvel from like the 80s and 90s when she had basically Superman powers. Yes, because and then she fused with 
Rogue. Well, no, Rogue held Andra for too long and absorbed, permanently absorbed those powers and like put her in a coma. Yes. Yeah. Where they created a third personality. Was that a thing? Yes. That's a very comics thing. Why did I not ask that? Yeah. Of course that's what happened. I don't remember what happens after that. Yeah. But yeah. I just remember it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fine. Because, yeah, I don't know. It's the 80s. Whatever. It's, it's <laughs> fucking 80s. Wait, why did I say that? I'm a product of the 80s. Exactly. Um, that's a weird decade, though. Let's be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know much about her, Captain Marvel, or just Carol in general. But um, I, I liked that Annette Benning was Marvel. I guess that's one thing I didn't expect. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guessed pretty early on that she had some sort of maybe Cree connection. And not just because... Carol sees her inside the Supreme Intelligence, which has more to do with Carol than it does with the Kree. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got that sense that's where she's going, but it wasn't expected to be Marvel specifically. But I liked that. Was was the Supreme Intelligence? Was it the um, was it the person you cared for the most? Was the one you saw or the person it's you like, saw is like I think the person most you authoritative. The most. Oh, okay, that was the word. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, because the yeah the Supreme Intelligence is like the the artificial intelligence that runs the Kree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so we can talk about that topic for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel was in charge of Pegasus. Yes, which is a branch of Shield, as I forgot about. It's not a government branch; it's the Shield branch. Oh, okay. Which is why when um, Fury and and Carol went to the facility, they were detained for asking questions. Because it's Shield. Yeah, because they were. I mean, they were still. No, they were. They weren't wanted yet, but they were kind of digging in an area where they weren't supposed to. Oh, also, okay. this is all Hydra still. Let's not forget that. This is all still Hydra. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is... Oh. I know. There was a moment when Mendo... Uh, when when uh, when it was still human Mendo, not yeah. scroll Mendo. When he, like, leaned in... Oh, yeah, when he leaned into the, the scroll. And you were waiting and I was for... Like, I was waiting for the Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Yeah. Fuck. Here's my fucking biggest complaint. Because okay. it, it, it kind of fits here. Um... S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't get its name until right. Iron Man, the end of Iron Man 1. Yes, this but is true. But they continue to say S.H.I.E.L.D. over and over again. God damn it, comics. Keep your goddamn continuity straight. I wanted, I wanted Fury to have to say the whole thing every time. Yeah. Keep bringing that joke back. It's can you, still Can you funny. say it? What? Can you say the whole name? Nope. Strategic Homeland Intervention and Enforcement Logistics Division. Good job. Fucking nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I am. No, look, I agree with you. And this is where when you start jumping around in the middle of stuff, it gets messy. So obviously, S.H.I.E.L.D. did not have its name at the time. Um, the Tesseract thing is weird, too. Yeah, yeah so sorry, that's what I wanted to get into when I when I said, when I talked about the Marvel thing. Usually, she gets her powers from, like, an, I think it's like an ionic blast was what it was in oh, the comics. Oh, okay, yeah. Where um, she's fused with Cree DNA from the blast. Yes. Where in this one, she's hit with a Tesseract explosion. But was the Tesseract inside the ship? No, it was a fraction of its, it was a fraction of its energy. Yes. Yeah, so she, so Marvel had used the power of the Tesseract to create this drive. Yes. And then when that explodes, Carol is imbued mm-hmm. with its powers. Yes. It's pretty ambiguous. But then again, these are comics. So what yes, are we, what are as, we, what, as is everything around the What are we going to do? Also, somehow down. the Mind Gem created Vision, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these things just don't work. I am very curious, though, after Endgame. So she got her power from the Tesseract. 
from the base stone, uh, if if the stones are destroyed, as as rumors have been swirling, yeah, if she'll retain her powers, I would think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, because she it's gets in the Scarlet Witch. I guess yeah, kind of she the gets question. them as like an offshoot of it. Like she, it's um like collateral from the stones. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah, being I, a good I, person. Yeah, they're not tied. Their powers are caused by the stones, but not tied to them. They're not okay. the, the stones aren't a source of their power, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she'll keep her. Plus, she has to keep her powers. That's true. She's gonna be one of the new faces of the MCU going forward. Yeah. Are do you think so? Clearly, this film is not going to. I don't think so. Is going to make the same numbers as Black Panther. No, I mean, do you think Marvel Black Panther made like well? well it's, it's on the its third way highest to, grossing superhero film of all time. Right, but this is on its way to a billion already. I mean, it, it over the weekend. I think it already grossed five hundred million worldwide. Oh wow! Good I, thought, for I, thought, I, thought, I don't, I don't think it was five. I think it was two hundred. No, it was like four hundred. Okay. I, I at some point I read four hundred fifty-five million. Okay, good for good for them. Let me see. Okay, so I, so I guess my question doesn't make sense anymore. Because I was going to say, Infinity War, Marvel made the mistake of not including enough Black Panther because they thought, because they didn't expect it to do so well. Um, do you think there's going to be an abundance of Captain Marvel? But it's different because we're expecting Captain Marvel already. Yeah, we already know she's going to be in there. Because yeah. um, yeah. what, what was the movie where they, oh, it was uh, The Defenders where they expected Iron Fist to do well. Oh, so it's all about him? Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Big mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, 456 million, just shy of 457 million so far worldwide. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic. Maybe maybe I saw just uh, like uh, Thursday night sales. Okay. I saw my number. Yeah, so domestic was 153, 4 and 300. Nice. That's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. And look, I mean, we've been nitpicking this a lot. Um, it is good. It's yeah. It's it it's is very good. fun. Yeah, it's still good. I still recommend people go see it again. I wish I liked it more than I did, and I liked it. I guess I wish I loved it, but mm-hmm. I feel like I might warm up to it on second viewing. Um, I think she's fantastic. Agreed. I I I I am more excited to see her in more stuff than I was about this movie specifically, mm-hmm. but they set her up really well. Like I'm very excited to see her a lot in Endgame. Yeah. And I feel like we just had to get through this movie to get the version of her. That's interesting enough to really want to keep going yeah. forward. My, my fear, which I'm sure Marvel's going to handle well better. Cause one, we've already seen this problem and two, they're not a dumb, uh, is that she's going to have the Superman problem where she, it's going to be the, the six others, trying to do one thing and then Carol comes in and just kind of flick snaps her fingers. They, yeah, they've kind of already had that she, problem yeah. in this movie itself. You get the sense that at the end they didn't know who to pit her up against. So she felt like there was, a, I guess that was part of my problem in the movie overall lack of stakes mm-hmm. pretty much all the way through the entire thing. And then as I had said off air to you, the the pro- Marvel solution to their villain problem this movie was to have no villains. Yes, that's a great. I love that. Yeah, which kind of works ish. Mm. Not not yeah. really though, right? It's, you, you had you kind of had like two minor villains. Yeah, like you you set up Talos Talos Mento. You set up Mendo to be a villain, and then he's not. Mm-hmm. And then you have. Yon Rog, who is clearly a villain right from the beginning. Yeah, it's Jude Law. Yeah. 
Stop, he's so charming. He is, but he has a face of just a bad guy. Yeah, well, especially in this. You got the weird eye things going on. You got the rest of his team, one of whom is already an established villain. Mm-hmm. And then Ronan they introduce like halfway through. That's kind of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's a lot, though. Like, you said all that, and that I still feel like that's not enough. Yeah. It's just, but that's, it's, that's four people you already named. I think the problem was there, were, there wasn't a sense of um, physical antagonism for her, nor was there emotional antagonism. Like, I think part of the reason everyone loves Winter Soldier so much, because it is amazing, yeah. is there's the actual physical threat of the, um, the helicarriers with the whole deploy the algorithm thing, yeah. which is kind of hokey, but you're also forgiving it because you are so invested in what's going to happen between Steve and Bucky at that point. Mm-hmm. And Marvel has oftentimes been pretty damn good about hanging their final battle on an emotional thing that we care about. And that's why I wanted that, that questioning to be so important. Of yeah. Like, you know, have, have the air bud moment mm-hmm. where she's standing between the kid and the clown, where she's standing between. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second <laughs> to realize where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. where she's standing between Mindo and, and Jude law. Both both reaching out with treats, trying to get her to choose the right side. <laughs> <laughs> right? You remember you remember <laughs> Airbud? No, I know. I know exactly what you've seen you're referring to. Yeah. It's like it, it's the kids. It's the like emotional crux of Airbud. The kids got the basketball and then like the, the, the clown, the former like, owner like, who's the like, clown is like it's like the newspaper, right? The thing he used to hit the dog with all the, the time. I thought he had like a hot it was probably the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. he used to always hit the oh, dog yeah, with Yeah, he was like he, hitting, yeah, yeah, he, he was, was like hitting the his dog with, with the newspaper. And so yeah. Cause that that's a pretty good analogy. <laughs> now I'm just picturing Jude Law, Jude with, Law the newspaper. with the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Carol. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted us to have to choose with her. Yeah, and I think that's something that at times Marvel's been really good with. Look at Black Panther. That um, you know, part of what makes Killmonger such a great villain is that he's right. Yeah, he's right, and it's uh, same with Thanos. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> too many people, Chris. Just driving around LA, I can tell you, losing half isn't enough. <laughs> Cameron, are you saying would you be willing to potentially be of the half? Uh, yeah. Like finger snap, half LA goes. Would you be okay being part of the half, knowing the remaining half would live a happier, less congested life? Yeah, why not? Because I'm probably in the Soul Stone, driving around much happier. <laughs> okay, Every- well, everyone's happier. Look, I, I'm not going to necessarily say that Thanos was right. I'm going to say that certainly Killmonger was, and mm-hmm. our hero had to learn something from him. And yeah, I guess... And even Vulture, I would argue, wasn't right, oh, yeah, but, but I mean, had had motive. His... his Yeah, I think he has the best motive of any uh, Marvel villain. Yeah, his, his means are wrong, but what he's trying to do makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a noble effort that he's seeking but yeah he, he's he's right from a from a certain point of view yeah um and that's, i guess that's all just, it takes is one bad day chris right and that wasn't here like the, there's no they talk they allude to that like oh you know we've both killed a lot of people on either side but there's definitely 
villains. There's definitely like people on the right and people on the wrong in mm-hmm. this war. And and maybe if they had gone for something a little more middle of the road, where it's like you know, it's the war's been going on for so long, it's hard to tell why it started, but it just seems to be continuing now, just to continue. Mm-hmm. That might have been a uh, a bit more interesting, less emotional maybe, but a bit more interesting in terms of putting in a position where she had to make a choice. Um, you know, and like, I guess you could still could have had it be like the family sort of situation. Like, look, we don't know why this war has been going on for so long, but, um, you know, I'm not trying to fight at this point. I'm just trying to get away. Like I'm trying to walk, like there's still something noble about trying to walk away from a war mm-hmm. versus someone who has been like hunted all the way through. So it could have been interesting. Huh? Yeah. Um, so, Oh, another question. Where does this movie take place? LA. Okay. Okay, that makes sense then. You didn't recognize the L.A. skyline? No. Where it's downtown. Skyline? They just keep showing downtown. Okay. Again and again. Well, I, I just couldn't remember because I, I remember they go into the desert for Pegasus. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought she landed east. And so then I was going to make the comment of like, this movie takes place over 30 hours. Because that's, that's how long uh, Jude Law says it's going to take them to get to Earth. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're out because I, I I feel like she was stationed out at um Edwards, okay, Air Force Base. I think the bar they go to is a real place, Poncho's. Okay, I seem to recall that being. Do they referenced. sell burgers. Oh, you want to go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were making a joke. Oh yeah, Burger Fan Club. Let's yeah. do it. Um, I see. We still have to go to trip. Well, we'll just follow Sam Jackson's uh, diner route. That's true. Yeah, we still haven't gone to the the, the diner. The bar. Yeah, the, diner. the one down by LAX. Mm-hmm. Gotta go do that. Um, but I seem to recall Poncho's. I think was referenced in New Frontier. Interesting. Yeah, that would be the other franchise. Well, but because it's a real place. It can only exist in one universe, Chris. <laughs> that real thing can only exist in one fictional universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. Can we talk about the cameo? Stanley. Oh, the, the weird. Okay. Well, there's two. No, don't say the weird. That's, this, I think this is my favorite Stanley cameo. There's two cameos. The opening. Well, I mean, I guess that's not a cameo, but there's two references to Stanley. Yes. Uh, yeah. The opening. Unbelievable. The opening. I, it was, it was so heartwarming and touching. Yeah, the, yeah, the opening studio, Marvel studios fanfare all the scenes have been replaced with his cameos and his 21 cameos almost started crying right there. Same. Um, yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But okay. What did you think about his in canon cameo or like in film cameo? Uh, I fucking loved it. Cause I love mall rats so much. Never seen mall rats. Really? No. Yeah. I don't think you like it. I might. I don't think so. Cause I know, I know the movies that I like and I know the reasons you don't like the movies I like. Cause they're childish and stupid. And I feel like it fits that whole. That like there, there's the Venn diagram of of movies Cameron likes and movies Chris doesn't like. Yeah, and that the crossover in the middle, <laughs> and it I think it fits pretty close in the middle. Yeah, it, it very well might. Now I did. Do you, do you like other Kevin Smith films? Um, I actually haven't seen that many. I've like, never uh, seen the like original Clerks, Chasing Amy. I've, I I have seen Dogma. Clerks two. I've seen Dogma. I've seen Jane, Jane Silent, Silent Bob, Bob Strike Back. Back. Great film. Those might be the only three of Blunt his Man I've and, seen. Uh, Man and Chronic. Blunt Man and Chronic, yeah. Those might be the only three of his I've seen. With Mark Ham- who, what, what's Mark Hamill's character? I don't remember. He's a great one. God, it's so yeah, good. He's kind of got like a trickster thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've never seen Clerks, never seen Mallrats, never seen Chasing You've never seen the original Clerks. 
Wow, I, it's good. It's 87 minutes. Yeah, I need to watch it at some point, mm-hmm. clearly. No, but I like Kevin Smith. I like his work. Um, no, it's not... So what, did you just love it because it was Mallrats? Yeah. So, I... I mean, because Stanley has a cameo in Mallrats. Yes, I'm aware of that. Okay. Um, Which means, canonically, that is the creator, Stan Lee. Well, the I one did, who I wrote did, all I these did stories. read that, yeah, that that is... Yeah, the, the actual real person, Stan Lee, although it doesn't quite make sense because that is... Like Stanley, thirty years older. Yeah, like that was a contemporary Stanley in nineteen ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Not, I guess, because because I see that, it as a that uh, wasn't him. Hmm? Like that was definitely a CGI model. Was it? Like that face was glossy as fuck. That wasn't oh, him. I, I I was too busy looking at the, the Mallrat script. That was a digital recreation. Like okay. I'm convinced that was a digital cameo. No, I thought they said that was he filmed that. Well. If they did, they did a serious. They said that was the last him. film. That was the last one he filmed. Maybe, but he looked really fake. Okay. In that moment, he looked very glossy. I, I kind Maybe of. Maybe it was just a hot day, Chris. Maybe those the the air conditioning was out on the no, bus. That, that was definitely some uncanny it's, valley it, shit happening right there. It's L.A. 1995. It's a bus. It's hot. It's not even a bus. It's a it's a trolley. It's yeah. Not, no, it's not even a trolley. It's a. Subway car. Oh, that's right. It's yeah, an above yeah. ground it's, it's subway car. There we go. The metro. Thank you. I could not mm-hmm. remember that word. I kind of wish if they were gonna do that, they had de-aged him to look like he did in 1995 when he had his full beard. I think. Oh, he looked good. I, just, I think people still would have gotten it. Oh yeah. I kind of wish they had done that route because then it definitely would have been the the Stanley of the time. Well, because now I feel it's it's so much closer to um. Oh God, what is what's that horrible. Horrible 1991 Brad Pitt, uh, where he goes inside a comic. Was it the one that's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. You told me about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool World. Cool World. Cool World? Yes. Because now I feel like it's a, it's a Cool World. Cool World? For anyone who doesn't know Cool World, it's a disgusting <laughs> remake of Roger Rabbit. Rip off. A rip off of Roger Rabbit, where a, a, a comic creator who is in jail for tax evasion <laughs> some some reason is in jail continuing to make his comics because they're like they're the only people he talks to uh is pulled in by his female character that he's written and fallen in love with because uh in order to escape the comic world a comic character must have sex with a human to gain a permanent body jesus christ and <laughs> That and is Brad Pitt is in it. That is not a plot that holds up well. <laughs> Brad Pitt is in it. Early, early 1991 Brad Pitt, where he is a human who was sucked into the first issue of this comic when it was first written uh, and now acts as the bodyguard, as the, as the sex bouncer to stop other humans who <laughs> enter the world from having sex with comic characters. I mean, I'm going to be honest. This sounds like the sort of movie you would normally love. <laughs> what? Right? Yeah. It sounds, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I recommend everyone watch it once just so you can appreciate Roger Rabbit so much more. Mm, hard pass. Yeah. I also still need to watch Monkey Bone because I've heard it's, it's Oh, yeah, I've never world. seen that either. Mm-hmm. Brendan um, Fraser. Okay, so I, I feel like we've covered a lot about the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the trolldom around this? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Fuck those people. Yeah. <laughs> Great conversation. Next talking point. <laughs> like, look, I, I do you remember there being the same sort of um, attack against Wonder Woman when it came out? Did it have a, did um, it have a similar kind of 
Probably. I just don't think internet based troll campaign. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because you you kind of feel like this movie hit the intersection of uh, angry DC fanboys. Of once of which, once again, I'll remind our listening audience that you and I are bigger DC fans than Marvel fans. Yes. Through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just like good film. And thus, where our now loyalty lies in terms of Marvel movies. Yes. Um, but if it's the intersection of, yeah, angry, rage-filled DC fans and angry, rage-filled misogynists found this nice little moment of harmony uh, with this movie... Which, it just frustrates me. Because mm-hmm. we, we talked about, maybe not on air we've talked about this, but you know I've talked about this before in regards to um, the Ghostbusters remake too. A movie I did not like. But it wasn't because it was female protagonists. It was just no. a bad movie. It was just a bad movie. Yeah, yeah I have no problem. And, like, and especially with this, Captain Marvel, well, she's not always been a woman, but for a long time now, Captain Marvel has been female. Um... I just, I guess I, I don't understand where this is coming from, but one of the specific points that happened around this was that Rotten Tomatoes changed how their system works. Mm-hmm. So I was reading about this before we started. What they changed actually made sense. So before you could review a movie before it came out, mm-hmm. so you could basically preemptively tank the audience score, which the people had attempted to do on this, and then. Rotten Tomatoes change it so you can't do that. Well, I mean, the problem is there was still an influx of negative reviews. Now it's just piled into one day. Yeah. So, like, when we finished the movie, I checked the Rotten Tomatoes score. I think it's gone up since then. I'm, I'm looking it up right uh, now. But when we walked... So, Thursday night, 9 o'clock, when we walked out of the theater, the audience score was 31%. What? Right? Because, it, I mean, the <sighs> second the door is open, like it's, it's they're not pushing them away... They're just putting them in a line. So right now it's at 59% liked it. Yeah. And it's still like 80% uh, critic review. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, the other two films that had this problem, it clearly didn't affect as much because the, the two major films that saw a same level of negative feedback, Wonder Woman and Black Panther, mm, yeah. two of the highest grossing superhero films we've had. It, because I think people are looking at it from the wrong perspective. Okay. Uh, there are there are obviously a group of movie people, movie files that go or don't go to a film based off a review. Yeah. Those people are dumb. That's not true. Because we do that sometimes. Uh, yeah. There's definitely stuff that I've been curious about, and then a bad review comes out. Like it, it can it consensus on it is that it's not good, and I skip it. Hmm. Um. But I feel like that doesn't exist as much in superhero films especially Marvel Marvel films where if you're if you're not on board 20 movies in there's probably not going to be something that's going to make you want to watch that 21st one. Yeah. There's not going to be a review. There's not you know a 99% isn't going to be like, "Oh, all right, this is where I'm going to jump in now." But I mean, it might there might be new there might be new people that haven't seen it before. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I don't think for these major films fan reviews matter as much. I think critic reviews still still matter. I think they do. I think fan reviews aren't as important. No. And, you know, what makes it tough for me, too, is with, like, Wonder Woman, we've talked about this before, two-thirds of that movie I love. Mm-hmm. The last third I hate. Yeah. 
Um, I'll say that I'll say with this movie, uh, I really enjoyed the first half. Okay, yeah. I, th- I think the the scroll, like when it when the, the scrolls are still transforming, I think it's awesome. Yeah. The the, the animation's a little gross. I was a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, but everything else, I you know, in that first half, really enjoyed. Yeah. No, like I, I was kind of losing interest. Yeah, towards the beginning of the latter half, and then I, it picked up again for me in the end. Mm-hmm. But it makes it hard to be critical in some ways these movies because you don't want to feel like you're adding to the cacophony of bullshit. Like, you know, I I, I almost feel like I have to like keep reiterating that I do like this movie. I just didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for the most part, our points are valid. Like it has to do with it as a piece of filmmaking, not because it's, a I said it, therefore lead. it's right. Yeah. <laughs> we are the definitive opinions on this, but it just, it, it it's, it's just ridiculous. Like I saw a great, uh, meme today and it was, um, Dudley Dursley from the second Harry Potter movie. And it's like, Last year, or no, I was like, what? what? That's, that's from, that's from the first movie. That's from Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, the... 36, la- no, yeah. 30, 34, last year I had 36. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> oh, but sweetie, some of the presents are bigger this year. Yeah, it's like... I don't care what the size is. <laughs> that is a spot on British... last year. Isn't it spot, spot on? Spot on British accent. Yeah, it's like... Spot on 11-year-old British, yeah. posh British accent. It's like, what? I Like, 36 movies with a straight white male lead? Last year I had 37 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like... It doesn't lessen anything to have more diversity. If anything, it makes it better. Exactly. So, I don't know. It just as a straight white man, I can agree with that statement. As an almost nearly straight white man, <laughs> as a questionable straight white man, <laughs> I agree with that statement. Yes, you as a questionably straight white man, and me as a questionably gay one. Yes, these we, are the we things cover we cover all think. the bases. <laughs> We've covered all of it, but no, I mean, you know. It's still a good movie. I mean, I guess, I think, you know, I mean, the, the most obvious comparison point would probably be Wonder Woman for just the superficial reasons to female-led superhero films. Mm-hmm. I think this is a overall a better film, but Wonder Woman had moments that actually stuck with me. I was gonna, uh, yeah, I would say I think the action moments of Wonder Woman were better. Yeah. Because it wasn't, like, there was a lot of, like, flying around in there, like, big jumps, but I think this one just was a little too super powered yeah um yeah i mean you think about wonder woman the um i mean my god that that no man's land sequence yeah. is legitimately an astounding piece of filmmaking mm-hmm. um and I, I just didn't feel like there's any of those same big moments here agreed but they're both still good mm-hmm. and like i said i'm super excited to see more of her like I'm definitely excited for her to be in Endgame. I'm definitely excited for a, a second Captain Marvel movie. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see her interact with the other characters. Yeah, especially now that she kind of has to be a more serious character in taking on the role of like, oh, Fury's dead. I don't know you people. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take charge. Yeah. Oh, that'd be some nice butting of heads going on there. Well, especially when Tony comes in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Uh, now, okay, because well, what I want. Here's what I want. I want her. Can you? Thank you. Um, <laughs> is this uh, distracting my, my foot? Yeah, very much so. My foot pendulum. I'm sure it's just as distracting as me spinning my pen all the time. Yeah, but I'm not making sound doing this. Yes, you are. I hear it. I don't hear it. I have the cans. <laughs> um, I want what I want is uh pepper to God. I won't. That was just like I, that. Yeah, was, okay, that yeah. was actually accidental. <laughs> uh, I want pepper to meet uh Carol. And them to kind of have oh, like a team of moments. So then when Tony yeah. comes in and tries to lead, 
Uh, and he's like, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm Furious. He's like, oh, well, Fury appointed me to be the leader. And Pepper's like, no, Tony, Tony, you don't want to. <laughs> like, this is not a fight you want to be a part of. Just sit down. Yeah. You're better off just sitting down. Mm-hmm. Tony, you haven't been here for a while. You don't know the situation. Yeah. You've been, you've been hanging out in space. Yeah. You get space fever. Mm-hmm. Space dementia. Yeah. No, space madness. That's what it was from uh, uh, Armageddon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I got a, a question here for you. All right. For a Captain Marvel sequel, mm-hmm. do you want it to be set in the intervening time period when she's been off creeing about or s- scrolling about? Yep. Or strolling about? Strolling about. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you want it to be set post Endgame in a contemporary setting? Uh, I mean, that, that all depends on what Endgame is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where we end that film. Well, clearly that movie is going to end with the world come back to some sense of normalcy given Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. But I mean, there's, there's still, I mean, now the looming question of time travel feels very different because, you know, that, that's kind of been the, the leading theory for Endgame is they're all going to go back in time. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's something of the quantum realm. Yes. And now, I mean, because removing Secret Invasion kind of ruins that. And now, I mean, they, uh, they, I mean, they time travel could play a part where like they do go back to the nineties and then there's like, Carol doesn't save the scrolls and so they're still hiding on earth. But no, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I'm just talking shit right now. Um, uh, it's like, well, I just walked into a dead end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, time travel, it still could work. Cause again, like, you know, space stone, she's, she has Tesseract powers, whatever. She can spin around the earth fast enough where it, it starts spinning back in time. A la Superman 2. Shut up. You haven't even seen it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Shut up. She throws her emblem and it it catches Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, saran wrap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it leaves so many new questions of what we expected Endgame to be. It it just feels so much more open now. Like, yeah, clearly everything's going to go back to normal after. But... We don't know to what sense, like what is normal now. Like yeah. we see New York getting destroyed from planes falling, cars crashing, you know, society crumbling in yeah. an instant. Are they picking up the pieces, or is that just, or that did that just never happen? I because either or, you know, it, it all depends on where Captain Marvel is after the film. She could just leave Earth again. I I suspect that Endgame will undo things okay in some capacity um yeah i know because i what i most want to see now is the introduction of miss marvel which also gets challenging because technically she's an inhuman and that's a whole well i feel like that they're gonna make thing. it the uh the daughter the little girl the um what, what do they call her something disaster oh um sorry sorry no lieutenant yeah lieutenant danger lieutenant, lieutenant trouble lieutenant trouble that's yeah it. Um, because in, in the comics, she is a character. Oh, is she? She, she has minor powers. Oh, okay. Um, but no, it's got to be Kamala Khan. Yeah. Because like, that's, that's such a integral part of who that character is, is her heritage, mm-hmm. that I, I would be disappointed to see them take that out of there. Um, yeah, I, w- I would love to see... In a Captain Marvel sequel, not necessarily the the second movie, but in a sequel, um, her have a protege like that. Do you think 
sorry, side, side question again. Um, do you think the daughter is going to be in Endgame? She's been like some secret shield agent in hiding. Maybe. Is it Maria Hill? No. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That was dumb. Um, I think that'd be, cause I mean, she would be everyone else's age. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's actually a good point. She would now, yeah, she'd be in her thirties with everybody mm-hmm. else. That'd be cool if they did bring her back in some capacity. Yeah. Maybe the mom, what, maybe uh, Rambo was was taken out. Oh. And so now the daughter has to come and fight. She's also a pilot. Maybe she drives the, the plane that travels back in time. Who knows? Anything is possible now. Anything is possible. Um, but, I mean, certainly coming out of this, cannot wait for Endgame. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Just a few more months. Ugh. Three more months. Two more months? Two more months. A month. It's next month? What's it's today? April. It is April. That's right. April 27th-ish. No, it's, I think it's April... It doesn't it's, matter. It's the last Friday of April. It's like 26th, something like that, yeah. Um, it's the same day that uh, fucking Infinity War came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like... It's all, just a little over a month away. Mm-hmm. Shit. I know. And we have a whole other superhero film between now and then. Oh, that's right. Sam. Sam. And our first of the live-action Disney films. That's right. With Dumbo. Dumbo. Oh. Yeah. Exciting. exciting stuff coming up. Oh, let's be honest. Once uh, Endgame is done and Game of Thrones is over, I, what's what else does the year really have to offer? That's, I, honestly, that's what I've been contemplating. I mean, Star Wars. We still have yeah. the last Star Wars movie mm-hmm. is coming out this year. But well, really, who cares? I, I had I had this thought before Endgame, not Endgame, before Infinity War, where I had like a minor panic attack of like, I've been... This is the thing that I've been looking, sadly, the thing that I've been looking forward to most for the past 10 years. Maybe it's the thing you're looking forward to the most, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean, honestly, I think it is the thing I've been looking forward to the most. And now that that, you know, that finish line is coming, is coming up close, you know, what, what's the next thing I'm going to grab onto? Okay. I got one, one last question along these lines. Clearly the answer is Lion King. Yes. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it wait for with, that live action Lion King one in there with, with okay with Endgame really marking a closure of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it now. Mm-hmm. Would you ever consider stopping there? Oh, would I just stop watching superhero films? Not all super movies. Like, would you just step away from the MCU at that point? Like, if Endgame is brilliant, oh, that's a good and if it question. wraps everything up so so nicely that you feel like. You know, like this is the the ending to the MCU we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had that sense of closure, would you ever consider? Would I stop watching away? The Office after Michael left? Is the question you're asking? I guess essentially yes. <laughs> um, I want to say yes, I would stop, but I know I'm not. Oh no, no, it's a totally. I no, I'm not yeah. either. That is curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be it would be a powerful move for me to stop there. Yeah. But Spider-Man does look great. It does look pretty good. And it's, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming down the line too. Mm-hmm. We know we're getting another Dr. Strange. Yeah. We know we're getting another Black Panther. God, I'm excited for that stuff. I know D23 is coming up. So we're going to get all the announcements. Oh, that's right. Oh, and WonderCon. Yeah. Two is coming up soon. I got a message from uh, one of our buddies talking about WonderCon because they're premiering Fateful Five there. On oh, Friday night. Oh, that's right. We're going, right? We're going to WonderCon? I don't have a ticket. Do you have a ticket? 
I think my friend got me a professional pass. I can get a ticket. Get a ticket. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Faithful Five. Yeah. Let's go do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be at WonderCon, folks. Yeah. If anyone's <laughs> going to be there, come say hi. Yeah. Go check it out. I promise I won't leave a conversation to go talk to a girl. Oh, Cameron. Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> Poor Cameron. <laughs> Betrayed by a fellow Cameron. I apologize. Um, it was sure. a once in a lifetime situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it wasn't because I also saw her at Comic-Con. <laughs> well, should we wrap this shit up? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. At some point, we're going to talk about Batman Beyond again. No, next week. Sure. Right? Don't make empty promises. I think next week. I don't think there's anything between now and I don't think there is. next Monday. We'll be back. But I, I mean, I feel like no one can trust us anymore. I certainly don't. And I know what's going on. This is week two talking about Mary Poppins. <gasps> oh. Sorry, I'm giving you ideas. Yeah, I don't give any more ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would love to hear what you guys thought about yes. Captain Marvel. We can be found at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. That'd be a lovely place for you to send us your thoughts. Yes. Uh, uh, I am Cameron off to say that I am at Lordifer um, on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know. I haven't posted anything in a while. Go back and look at my old Scrooge McFuck costume, apparently. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I will be busting out some sort of cosplay for WonderCon yet. Haven't decided which of my uh-huh. my hits is coming back. Uh-huh. But also, uh, two weeks after that is Dapper Day, second second Sunday of April. Yeah, exciting times, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to find me and my wife and everything that's happening there, uh, you can find my art at cam. Shit, you can do it. Cameron Dexter. That's you the one. You can do it. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing some some drawing stuff. You've only done this about 130 some odd times. I know, and I've had my name my whole life. Uh, and if you want to see my face, my adventures, uh, you can find that at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. Well done, thank you. It well took done, a lot Cameron. of effort. Going off script is really hard. All right, I'm off to go hunt some scrolls. Yep. Wish me luck. I'm gonna go hunt some dinner. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>